0: Welcome, everybody, to Bitten by Radioactive Podcast, where we give powers to a name. There is four weeks until Christmas.
1: Wait, I'm what? Just jumping straight in there.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to s- jump straight in there and give you guys either Christmas joy or Christmas fear. What a threat! It's. I mean, it's kind of a little bit threatish.
1: At, at this point, though, we've had about two months of festivity thrown at us, anyway, haven't
0: we? Yeah. It depends where you are. I've. Um, one of our friends has been eating mince pies constantly since september (laughs) so good for them i guess um but of course we you do have like 364 days of warning until christmas so if you're there like freaking out about oh i don't know what bought anyone then like oof that's me tapping my watch
1: What? why not buy them a completely free itunes review
0: (laughs) hey there you go see i was gonna link it into why don't you purchase for them one of these comics that we are recommending for you today both fine links
2: i mean the latter doesn't really help us out much (laughs) just just to really drive that point home
0: jade ever the altruist what have you been reading this week that might make a good christmas present for someone
2: oh okay um well i've been teaching again recently and there's a graphic novel that i always mention in a lot of my lectures and i realize i haven't mentioned it on the podcast yet so i'm gonna mention that one
1: I think I know where this is going, and if it is, then I'm quite glad that I didn't choose the same one this week.
2: (laughs) Oh, good. See, I picked it because I was thinking it's going to get to that point where we both choose it because it's my absolute favourite all-time graphic novel.
1: Well, it was going to happen this week.
2: So, it's called Asterios Polyp, and that's the main character's garbled name
0: there it is
2: (laughs) he's a middle-aged architect who is extremely talented in many ways he can read anything and retain all knowledge of the book Um, he's just very very clever Um, and basically during a thunderstorm one day his flat burns down he loses all of his possessions and so this forces him to go on a life-changing journey and he spends this whole book going out into the boonies to try and figure out where he's fucked up in life and try and figure out how to become a better person
0: tell the good part about the book jade
2: it's so visually clever like it's the most visually clever book i've ever read it's so stunningly good um the best example is um when you read the scenes about how he met his wife hannah and they're both represented either as um Very blocky geometric shapes uh, for Asterios because he's an architect and he thinks in object shape type things. And then Hannah, who's rendered in these sort of pencil-like pink hatching, so it shows how soft she is and much more malleable compared to Asterios Mm. because she's younger than him and whatnot. But yeah, it's it's a beautiful book.
0: Yeah, you mentioned it during your lessons because it is simply like what a comic is trying to be Mm -hmm. like. Uh, In who, terms of... Who's it by?
2: Oh, yeah. David Matsukeli. I forgot to mention that.
0: <laughs> Which is crazy, because he used to do like a lot of like DC house-style stuff. Yeah, like and Batman just... and whatnot. It is astounding
1: watching his style change between mm. Asterios and... Uh... It was year one, wasn't it?
0: Not I sure. I think so. Mm,
1: maybe I'll edit that out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Josh? Yes? You're talking, so I'm going to pass the bat on to you.
1: Okay, well... This week, I've gone with an extremely unfestive book.
0: Oh, oh, oh dear.
1: It's actually a little short story. It's called Mr. Higgins Comes Home, written by Mike Manola of uh, Hellboy fame. Mm -hmm. And it's got art by Warwick Johnson Cadwell, who is um, an artist who only once I was midway reading it, remembered, oh wait, I've actually seen this guy at Thought Bubble last year.
0: Oh, really? Really?
1: Uh mm-hmm. yes, Jadine, you own a t-shirt with his art on.
0: Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> do you I, see, as the words left my mouth I was like, wait a minute, he's the cool sketchy guy.
1: Yes, I think he's I think he's got that as a little motto on his website actually. A uh, cool sketchy yeah. guy. So, uh back to the book. Uh Mr. Hmm. comes home is kind of like a love letter to Hammer horror movies from like the
0: oof. the olden times. What 60s? The,
1: the, yeah, I was going to say like the 60s. Uh And just kind of like those classic monsters that you all remember, like the Bride of Frankenstein, all of that kind of stuff. Mm. And it just kind of brings it all back into this short little story about these two vampire hunters and this mysterious Mr. Higgins, who um, basically just stop a a Count Vampire uh, Uh and things kind of go awry in its uh, short length. But it's really good. I really like Johnson Cadwell's art on this he's got a really expressive style yeah and does. as you say with the cool sketching it's almost quite like a bit like a hatching kind of effect on a lot of his yeah, stuff
0: yeah yeah he plays it real loose but um like you said it kind of works with expressions just just throwing them down onto the paper like josh mentioned uh he and i watched him do a live draw thought bubble 2016 2016 ah oh, what a year and he he was just throwing out these drawings and he had like Mike McNerla on the table as well, just during, yeah. doing this really, really gentle, really softly shaded uh, barbarian, which looked incredible as well. But then you just had this Scottish guy at the end of the table just thrashing out a man on a bicycle.
2: Wow, <laughs> that sounds amazing. Dean, you opened your garb. What have you been
0: reading? <laughs> Damn it. Uh, tell you what I've been reading. I mentioned a few weeks ago that I was reading Lucy Ebrey's autobiographical comics. Well... I've gone auto-bio again Mm -hmm. because I just want pain in my life. So for the most pain, I went and read Elibisms by Mark Ellerby.
2: I see. You like suffering then.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh, I drown gladly in suffering. It's the year for it. So Elibisms, of course, is the story of Mark Ellerby, brilliant cartoonist, comics extraordinaire. He's doing Rick and Morty comics now. So... From these humble beginnings as represented in these uh, strips, it goes through him, typical autobio stuff, like hanging out with his friends. Why do you like it, Dean? Just because it's so crushingly depressing. <laughs> a lot of it mentions, um, like a good like third of it is his relationship with a beautiful young woman. And just how that sort of slowly falls apart. No fault of their own. Even the entire epilogue of the autobio comic is dedicated to it because he before making it into this real thick uh, 200 page book he used to do it online but then when he collected it he did like a, a prologue and, an, epi- and a, an epilogue and the uh oh the epilogue kind of really gets you just sort of him uh, talking about how his relationship fell apart because it's not even mentioned in the uh the comics in the autobio stuff he just sort of puts a, an end to it there and it's just oh it's emotionally draining, so I highly recommend it. Despite, uh, <laughs> <laughs> despite you like how wh- wh-
1: yeah, which part was this when I said, "Why do you like it?"
2: <laughs> Wait, I mean, hold I'm on. Sure, I'm, have I'm sure you never it is read something just to suffer,
1: Josh? I mean,
0: no. Listen, it's the same reason why people watch scary films to be scared. Why? Why do you want to be scared? You live your whole life trying to avoid that shit.
2: You never watched a movie to have a good cry. <laughs> I do this all the time great.
0: It's it's true, but check it out. As I mentioned, it has a very good ending, because Mark's living the dream now, but see where the man, the legend, came from with the elibisms. Speaking of legends, maybe we should create one. Yeah, alright. What do you say?
2: I mean, I just said it. Yeah, alright.
0: Oh, (laughs) fine.
2: Not my fault, you can't keep up.
0: Okay, let's fucking zoom out of this and into a viewer, into a listener request.
2: (laughs) Viewer... Again,
0: so, so someday you will manage the idea of what
1: mediums are.
0: Listen, you might be watching the little line on the, <laughs> the, the, the various um uh podcast player scooting across. That's a viewer. So, to my dear viewers, uh, if you could do us a massive favor and do yourself a massive favor and give us an iTunes review, whatever name you leave on that review, we will use in a future episode to create a superhero. So, you too can be a hero. Just leave us an iTunes review. Preferably five stars. Um, I will slip to a 4.8 if at all possible.
2: Why don't you do whatever the hell you want and we'll make a hero. How about that, Dean?
0: Nah, I want a 4.8. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just leave us a review. It'll be good. Right. Shall we make a superhero?
2: Yes, please. I beg of you.
0: Okay, so... I had enough of the post-apocalyptic standings of Sharp and Blunt. I like the world in all of its glory. I like how the forests are spread out through our own very nice country of England. I love the, the rainforests of South America, the, the expansive plains of the Americas, right. the ice caps, both <sighs> South and North. Yes. You're taking this travel analogy to like new levels. Mm. That's because I'm taking it somewhere. More specifically, I'm taking it to 150 of the most famous landmarks in the world. Okay. And we're going to name a superhero after one of them. I see you're all (sighs) tingling with excitement Mm -hmm. at the idea of potentially naming a superhero after... Big Ben. (laughs) That that is one right here. Big Ben. You got Little Mermaid. Unfortunately, I'm not quite familiar with that one, but Kilimanjaro... Uluru, the Great Sphinx. How about Brooklyn Bridge? They're all here. Travey Fountain, Acropolis, Times Square, the White House. If
2: you keep reading them out, we're not going to have a random (laughs) one to work with.
0: Listen, I probably read out like less than 10 out of 150, Jade. I didn't even know 150 landmarks existed.
2: You've clearly (laughs) not been out much then.
0: For for all your traveling analogies, you have never traveled. Mm. I went to Toronto once and went up the CN Tower which I know is on this oh, list as well. Oh,
1: mate, mate, you've listed another one. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but we're going to make a superhero based on the name of one of these landmarks. Okay. Isn't that exciting? Yes. I am
1: leaning forward in uh, anticipation,
2: maybe? I'd trepidation? Like to, uh, yeah, I'd like to note some trepidation because my greatest flaw is not selfishness, as I previously admitted on a previous episode. My greatest yes. flaw is... <laughs> geography
0: <laughs> So if I ask you where the Trevi Fountain is, Stop. Jade, where's the Trevi Fountain? Stop. Move on. Well, listeners, you should leave us a five-star review stating your favorite landmark and its location so Jay can actually take a visit there. So, give me a number between 1 and 150.
1: Uh, I think 69 would be going down a wrong road for us. <laughs> so, let's go with a
0: 96. A nice. So ninety six is Sydney Harbour Bridge. Okay. Look. All right. Let's let's crack the old knuckles on this one.
2: That actually sounds like a person's name.
0: So what? Sydney Harbour Bridge.
2: No, Sydney middle name Harbour Bridge. So Sydney Bridge.
0: Of the Bridge family.
2: Yeah, <laughs> sounds very upper class, doesn't it?
0: I guess it does. Uh, th- there's those links with Bridge the Game, isn't there? Mm, and that's a very mm-hmm. snooty thing to mm. play. Oh, we're rolling straight into this. Fuck,
2: maybe they come from the family that invented Bridge.
0: Sure. Um, can someone look up when Bridge was invented, please? Because I'm pretty sure this will be our first historical hero. Um, so I usually at this point I say who is Sydney Harbour Bridge, but we are... In it now, Sydney Harbour Bridge comes from an aristocrat, aristocrat, what's the word? Aristocratic. A family from the, aristocratic, that's it, I'm a, I'm a dumbass. Comes from an aristocratic family who expected Harbour Bridge to perhaps go into a maritime profession. Maybe they thought they'd um, become <laughs> could, a, could they
1: be from two families, the Harbour family and the Bridge family? Ooh. One of is obviously harbour based They're very uh, oceanic And you've Gosh. got the bridge Who are based off Obviously gambling, I guess
2: <laughs> Gosh, um, so the history of bridge is actually quite rich
1: Oh, let's take this metaphor one further uh, They're yeah. on two sides Of a massive, like, river
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, Josh One, <laughs> one is <laughs> Can you see why? <laughs> who is going
1: to bring them together? It's like some kind of bridge.
0: Bridge. Say it with me, kids. Okay, if we're, if we're going really, really corny with this one, maybe they're a mediator who is like some sort of bridge between two feuding parties. Maybe their superpower is that of mediation. Oh, actually, fuck, Dean, you're onto a good idea here. What if they could mediate with the elements? What does that because- mean? Because they're harbour bridge, right? Imagine, mm-hmm. right? You're trying to cross a river. In this very um, fitting example, but instead of like just like having the superpower to immediately move it or whatever, what if their superpower is more? Oh, water, will you please move for me? And in return, I will offer you this. And then they go forth, and then they perhaps offer the water some some berries or some food or something.
2: What would water want with berries?
0: All right, a water will want with berries because um, if there's more berries in the water, they'll attract more fish to it. Also, hold
2: on. How does how does Bridge get these berries? Does Bridge then walk over to a bush and go, "Please, please, sir, may I have some berries?" And in exchange, and then it just goes on and on forever in a circular pattern.
0: Listen, <laughs> listen, friggin' look. Sydney just has gooseberries on him. Okay. Okay. It's, when was Bridge invented? It oh, was like um, uh, late nineteenth, yeah, early twentieth.
2: Yeah. It was based on a Russian card game or something.
0: It's late nineteenth century Russia. I'm assuming there's gooseberries there. If any Russian listeners, please hit me up okay. at BBR underscore podcast. But they they have this gooseberry bush. They pick them and they take them everywhere. And then whenever they need to do something, they offer them. I don't know. Just that's one thing they can offer. Maybe there's other things.
1: How is this? What, what part of this mediation has anything to do with harbours and gambling?
2: Yeah, we started off so well and you've gone way off topic.
0: Well, I, I, I mentioned some stupid idea about, like, bridge. Like, a bridge between um, people. Is a mediator, so maybe... I, I went from that to mediation to talking with water and feeding it to berries.
2: I get that you want to try and do mediation of the elements, but that just seems, like, OP.
0: But it would have its limits. Because if you wanted to do anything major, of course the, the price is higher, right? Like, you can't just...
2: Also, hold on. That's not how mediation
1: works. Also, ha- is this mediation any connected to the rules of bridge at all?
0: <laughs> oh, I, I I left bridge long ago. Probably <laughs> for the better.
1: But yeah,
2: mediation isn't about, like, the exchange of goods and services. Mediation is about being... Compromise? The, yeah, the, the middle ground between two, two sides... So the this mediator is... doesn't exchange anything. The mediator provides like a, a voice to both sides.
0: Then let's switch it up, Jade Sarson. Okay. What if this mediator of the elements goes around to natural disaster zones and tries to patch things up with nature? What if they're more of almost like a a shaman, if you know what I mean? So they're they're travelling and they find somewhere, maybe a forest has been devastated by fire caused by man, and so they mediate on nature's behalf two men to f- fix their shit. Or maybe they go to a village where there's been a-, a mudslide, and they go up to nature and they say, fix your shit, nature. Why you gone done mudslid all over this village? What have they done?
2: So are they the bridge between worlds then?
0: Uh, Perhaps.
1: Now I think we've got something.
2: See, the reason we think we've got something, and feel free to cut me out if you'd like to continue with this idea, but it feels like we've got something because we've stolen it from Korra.
0: Well, no, Cora um, <laughs> was more of a mediator of the spirits, like weird, crazy spirits. So, okay, in,
2: okay, so we haven't stolen it from Korra then, just just full disclaimer for everyone listening, yeah. haven't stolen this.
0: Nickelodeon, don't sue us, don't. Talk to us.
2: Explain how this is different from Dean for me and the listeners.
0: Okay, so... And and our viewers. And the viewers, of course. Keep watching that line. Our multimedia audience. It would be different from Cora because it would be talking with... Imagine that tree lady from Pocahontas. (laughs) Somehow I
2: knew. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that somehow.
0: (laughs) She's all like, listen, I needed somewhere to grow. I needed somewhere to expand to. So I... Spread my seeds to this farmland where I know I know you you humans were farming, but I, there was it was the only space left. It's more talking to like natural things themselves instead of some sort of like nature based spirit. Does that make sense?
2: Yes. Okay. I have potential backstory for you then. Back me up. Sydney Harbour Bridge comes from a wealthy family. They were indeed the inventors of bridge. Um, okay.
0: That's just a thing they do. You yes, know.
2: yes. Well, back in, you know, way, way back, they used to use it to acquire things. They would play bridge to acquire stock, holdings, claims over land and wealth, oh, blah, blah, blah. And so that's how Sydney's family has accrued so much wealth. And so Sydney grew up in, in a home where the normal thing to do was to acquire whatever you wanted through money. You didn't ask people, you just waved money at them and made problems and issues go away.
0: You didn't even wave money at them, you just challenged them to a game that you invented and oh, you just well, fucking swindled them. Oh, well, yeah, I guess them. they
2: could still play bridge in the modern day. It's just I feel like...
0: Oh, you mean they began their yes, wealth? Yes, that's by, how they started. Oh,
2: okay. And then in more sort of modern times, obviously, they have to do everything with a veneer of legality. Um, But perhaps, you know, in more desperate times, they would seek to trick people into playing some more bridge. But I'm saying that this is like the way Sydney has grown up. And so what's what's the inciting incident that forces them to become or realize that they could be a mediator between humans and the elements in order to solve a problem?
0: Right. I think Josh is going to be on this idea. What if they realize they were a mediator by somehow coming into contact with, I'm going to call it like a nature pet, but some sort of creature that, God, we could set it in the 70s and have them have like a literal pet rock, but we're not going to do that because that's stupid. But you know what I mean? Like perhaps they begin like a uh, industrial farming venture or like an oil uh, drilling venture. And they go to this very pristine nature park. We're really. Oh, wait,
2: no, fuck off. The rock thing is happening.
0: (laughs) No, we can't No, the pet
2: rock is happening because in the bridge household, it naturally comes with some expansive gardens. And in those gardens, one day, a new sculpture appears. And this sculpture is carved from many different types of rock, from, you know, taken from different areas. And. One morning, Sydney wakes up and they just hear screaming. So much screaming. And they can't oh. tell where it's coming from. And they take a wander into the garden and the noise gets louder and louder. And suddenly they find themselves face to face with this sculpture and it's screaming for help. And that's when Sydney realizes that they can commune with the elements and they find out the story of this misshapen rock that Water. has been mushed together.
0: What a horrific backstory, Jay. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> 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 okay, right. I think Sydney eventually is going to fall in love with this statue. I oh. I got to do it.
2: So Sydney falls in love with a collective. Ooh. I
0: mean, I guess well, a statue might be carved from one single piece of marble, but I mean like but, a collective could be cool.
1: But how would you have like the marble would have been cut from something else surely?
0: Hmm. I mean, if we're getting real technical, all rocks are many millions of individual shards of um, sand, and sand is broken. You know. So, so
1: they are a collective.
0: <laughs> rock is boring, yo. Let's just make them like a cool collective. Maybe like a collage, a collage-style uh, statue or... It has like a dormant of many different kinds of rocks. Listen. Yeah, that's what
2: I was thinking. Like the one of Sydney's parents had, you know, acquired it from some art auction yeah. or something. They were like, Ooh. "Oh, oh yes." They they were telling me all about the different areas of the world that this has been honed from. We we took took this from several places. Uh, oh, honed out of the cliffs.
1: They can be from the harbour side.
2: Oh,
0: oh yes. The harbours gave us this delightful present. I mean, I'm not quite uh, aware no, of no no no, Dean.
1: I think they could, the entire of the harbour place, could be sentient
0: rocks. Excuse me. Wait. So, Sydney Sydney was originally Sydney Bridge, but what if they married the rock and take the rock's name as well? Is that crazy?
2: A little bit, but um, how, would the rock have a name? Why would the rock be called Harbour?
0: Because perhaps... Well, of course, every statue is a representation of something. You know? Who who is the statue? Perhaps it is of one of the ancient members of the Harbor family. Is this what you were going for Josh? I don't know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but No, I, I think I was still stuck on that idea of um two two tribes going to war.
0: You know, mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet.
1: Yeah. Well, that song two tribes go to war. <laughs>
0: What if what if the bridges actually stole the statue as a way to slight the harbors but then you have a weird Romeo and Juliet thing where Sydney falls in love with the statue right you don't sound too convinced jade
2: i'm um, i just think we're going way off of the mediation thing that we were going for we are how does this how does this okay so my thought was that the rocks need Sydney to mediate so that they can be demolished and returned to where they belong that was where i was going
0: with this yes i agree with this so
2: which which would work if sydney falls in love with the statue's collective consciousness because then you know they'd have to make this difficult decision of they want to be destroyed or rather they want to be returned to their natural state which would make me sad but that's what will make them happy and i love them so i must do this i must convince my parents to have the statue demolished somehow yeah but then it could have a really sweet ending as well because then they could return to the harbor where the stones are returned to and still hear the voices ah
0: the literal harbor yeah yeah that would be their like the first arc i guess of this comic would be the return of the statue Mm. and then from that perhaps maybe um (laughs) all right Hear me out. We're gonna we're gonna get real. Pocahontas. <laughs> what on this could shit be weirder there.
2: than this story starts with the story of a pet rock?
0: <laughs> so, after the statue is destroyed, the statue's collective consciousness is spread out in the sea, and those rocks start talking to rocks, and they start talking to other rocks, and <laughs> of course, that continues until the rocks talk with the water, they talk with the coral, they talk with the the trees that. Uh, drink the rain that comes from the, the okay. water. And word spreads of Sydney Harbour Bridge. A magical person who is able to talk to literal rocks and grass and mud and um, moss. And they start their career as a superhero. They are a superhero. A been mediator. by Radioactive Podcast. They're a superhero to man and nature.
2: So what would their next big problem be josh <laughs> i feel like it needs to be something that would
0: um... it would need to be something that would be nature being a dick
2: yeah because first the first instance was humans being a dick so now yeah, we need nature being a dick. we have
0: to establish the the mediator ways of uh sydney
2: oh okay we can return to your water idea perhaps this is uh how sydney hears about it their home is quite high up, like it's on quite high ground.
0: Like a hill or something? Yeah. And you then, know how those fucking stately homes are.
2: Yeah. Like there's a huge driveway that leads all the mm. way up to it and people like that fucking potsy house all the way up there. But people actually come up to request shelter because flooding season is going to start soon.
0: Oh, nice. And of course, the, the bridges are going to be like, well, oh, peasants, we need these out of our house. Meanwhile,
2: the, the, they're not, I wouldn't say they're like peasants, they're just common folk. But the
0: peasants then to these, right? Okay, the peasants.
2: R- but like they plead because the harbour bridge mansion and grounds are ample space enough for the surrounding community to take shelter.
0: Hmm. Of course. And so, naturally, Sydney, being a friend of both man and nature, goes to sort out the problem with the flood. The flood itself. This stupid, grumpy creature that has decided to swallow up all these houses. And uh, why is the uh, flood just sweeping across these uh, these villages? Well, it flows, and so it just goes wherever it's taken. But you know, that sounds a little bit selfish to me, because where, what if where it flows is taken up? You have your space water, Stay in the rivers, you dick. Don't don't be flowing around in in people's houses. So maybe this is a very selfish river that's decided that I'm just gonna flow through here, and you can't really stop me, can you?
2: Maybe there's been like um a lot of man-made river projects. Oh, so like a well, lot well of that's, irrigation planning and stuff.
0: But that's that's man still a, being...
1: yeah man's problem, isn't it? Yeah. We we need to make it so uh, nature's being the
0: dick. Yeah, exactly. Remember that—that's our core concept for this uh, arc.
2: Well, the idea would have been that they'd—they'd they'd been trying to direct the water, and the ro- the blech, the waters being a dick by not following the path that's set for it. But I guess, I guess that's still human's fault, then, isn't yeah. it? Yeah,
0: you could do like a canal thing, maybe. Like the the whole thing with canals is like rivers flowing upstream, and well, that hmm, that is advantageous for not only the river. But humans as well. The river gets to flow in directions that never thought possible whilst the humans get to use it tra- to transport a little bit. Maybe the river decides that it can go anywhere. After seeing man create this lock and seeing itself flow upstream, that's like a weird revelation to it. And so it decides, maybe I can just go over here and go over here and go over here. Maybe it's more of a misunderstanding than nature being a dick.
2: Oh, you mean like the river realizes what it can do and so it just freely does it as if it's like a child or
0: something? Yeah, almost like you give a kid a TV remote after um, not realizing they could change the channels on a TV and they're just going to go to fucking any channel, right?
2: And they'll just keep flicking because it's not about the channels, it's just about the ability to press the button.
0: Exactly. So you show a river how to flow upstream and they're going to try and go... Upstream, downstream, everywhere stream, you know? Mm. And so, of course, it has to be talled off. Well, not told off, but sort of gently reminded by Sydney, Harbour Bridge. Not only its places, but the pain it's co- causing and how selfish it's being.
2: I had um, a small sort of visual idea as well. Of course you did. But <laughs> but maybe this is, like, if we want to stick with, like, the idea of it being a, a like a toddler in, in nature then this mm. might not work. But I had this kind of image of the river being represented by like a teenager. And they're just mm. kind of like talking to Sydney like, look, the best way I can explain it is you guys are forcing me to back comb my hair. And I just want to, I want my fringe <laughs> to fall forward, man. Why you got to See- force me to backcomb all this time?
1: Oh, I- okay. Hello, my name is Josh Randall. I'm the third host of BBR. I've been wondering where you've been. I think I've been quiet for about 20 minutes. Um, I just consider it you powering up. Okay. And I think I might have finally, like, "Eh, fam a nug. Fam a nug. Good. Um, Dig it out. Nature has avatars. And I don't mean avatars in terms of last airbenders. Um, I mean in the fact that there is, like, there's an avatar of water who Mm -hmm. is our teenager. Let's say there is a tree avatar. Who is okay. some old person called Iridium Cherry Blossom or something? <laughs> um, and let's Can say I... there is also a stone avatar. Of course. Who I think is actually. Dean, don't let him go. <laughs> who I think could actually be the one who Sydney falls in love with.
0: Oh, okay. I was just going to say that um, maybe less of an, a- like a straight up avatar, this is like their representation, but more of a. Almost like a personality to these things.
2: Yeah, mm. so like I don't want them to feel like they are permanently an individual. So like the right. avatar oh, yeah. is the representation of that, that part of the earth, I guess.
0: But, you know, things over like thousands of years have been given like sort of personification. And no, I get it. I just like, I,
2: as I mentioned, I like reading things that make me suffer. And the idea of falling <laughs> in love with a collective consciousness... Of an element uh. sounds great.
1: Well, I think yes. there's the avatar thing. Yeah, I suppose avatar might be the wrong word for it, but like them coming together to make it easy for them to
0: yeah
2: yeah to be spoken to and
0: yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah. you're not going to see some like bullshit council of the elements like <laughs> some oh yeah Elron no, style no, no. thing. But this is cool.
2: It's like um, it's like the the queen of the sea that rises up in Ponyo.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, what I think this could work well for is in, uh, Bridge and any card game, there are also four suits.
2: Oh, okay.
1: So I'm wondering if maybe we could split this. Oh, it's gonna be, I don't know how, but like, each, um, I'm doing air quotes, book. Okay. Is a different suit having a quarrel with a different form of nature.
0: Can the spade be about quarreling with sand?
2: Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I guess heart is going to be the rocks.
2: Yeah, I guess.
1: Yes.
0: Diamond twinkles like water. Or, well,
1: you could have diamond and rock.
0: Oh, that's true. Hmm. But I, I I like this idea. Like, we've got some strong visual elements.
1: Yeah. And basically what this can also give us is a format for... Our hero to kind of function, hmm. and it kind of makes it a bit more concrete. I think.
0: A. Hey.
2: Actually, hold on—we didn't even figure out the ending of the water plot.
0: No. No,
2: um, no we. For fuck's
0: sake. That's what we're doing now. Yeah, we we figured out that essentially, um, they talk to the water and tell them what their actions are causing.
2: Right. So also, oh, they just kind of tell them off.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
2: Okay. Yep. That's fine.
0: I think it's probably like. Them
1: sorting out the fact that even though man is telling them where to go... Are we still going with the canal idea, yeah?
2: yeah? Yeah, that's a good idea, yeah.
1: Even though they're being forced down this path, it'll open up new possibilities. So That's the mediation bit, I guess.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's more of a case of you can go literally anywhere else, but not there. Hey, maybe you could even irrigate these fields on your way, but that's up to you.
2: Could we say, like, considering that Sydney goes down to the harbour with the broken up parts of the rock, the the sculpture to, you know, return to the rocks to where they belong, Mm. would we say that this town is close to the sea then?
0: Yeah, I I think so. In which
2: case we have a good opportunity for how the water story could visually interestingly end. Yeah. Because... Sydney could be like okay you can go here you can go there you can irrigate and yes we are forcing you to go through the canal but have you actually been all the way up that direction Mm. you know and then they can actually you know how I'm trying to figure out a way of ending it where this representation of the water realizes that everything leads back to the sea and that's where they're free again
0: imagine they are following people like a trickle of water is following where all these people are going Mm. and when they realize even the humans are going congregating at the water, as well as, like, the, hmm, fucking, let's just tell off the water. Yeah, okay, <laughs> we're telling tell off the water, go on. It's a,
2: an unruly teenager that needs to be put in its place. Continue, where do we go from here?
0: Bad pooch. From this, um, an interesting way we could do the story is that um, Sydney is fully prepared to be on nature's side 100%, because we've all been taught, Nature is number one. Save the Earth. But it's not a case of saving the Earth. It's surviving alongside it responsibly. So they learn that lesson. Um, From this, they can set off on their journey proper Mm -hmm. to help not only nature, but to go forth and perhaps not just teach others to live responsibly, but also to teach nature what we as humans are Like and capable of, and that despite us only living a pitiful 80 years on average, that we are also of worth to this world, too. Yeah, some like bullshit.
1: Could we next take them to a forest?
0: Yes. I think, yeah, yeah. They're not going to be too far away. Yeah.
1: So I'm guessing we're kind of going down like the environmental hero route. Oh, definitely. And I I spell root R. Double O-T. Yeah, nice.
0: A. Of course, uh, the viewers already knew that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> the viewers um, did. They sure did, because they saw it written down.
0: That was a purposeful joke. <laughs> at my expense. <laughs> Do go on, Josh, please.
1: Oh, I'm not sure if I can... <sighs> Ooh, um,
0: cons- considering the family's Russian, and I know Russia's a tad big, It's it's quite large, isn't it? Can we somehow get this... <laughs> this, I can only presume to be a child, mm-hmm. from a Russian town with a sea connection to Siberia.
2: Bearing in mind they come from a very wealthy family.
0: Also, perhaps they have a horse.
2: A, a single horse. Wow.
1: <laughs> a rock-based horse. Yes. Given give oh. to them by their collective signature yes,
0: As <laughs> as thanks. Thank you for saving me. We rocks now bless you with a steed to go about to spread your word.
2: Well, I was just going to go for something way simpler like Sydney ends up in these situations because they are a, a young person. They're actually just ending up in situations by coincidence, like so maybe for this situation they end up in a forest because their family, the family that invented bridge has a resource for acquiring card.
0: Oh, mm. for
2: cards. <laughs> That, mm And so they're like, they're, they're, one of their parents is like, Sydney, come with me. We're going to the deforestation, I mean, resource <laughs> plantation.
0: So you you want to keep keep them with the family?
2: I think if they're a young person, they kind of have to be, don't they?
0: Yeah. For now, at least. Maybe they can piss off some other time. They turn 18 and it's like, wait, I'm going to live with my friends, the trees. Wait a
1: second.
2: Oh, oh.
1: How old are they, you say? And oh, they're getting married to a rock.
2: I didn't say they got married to a rock.
1: Okay. You, you, you may proceed.
2: <laughs> I was going to say that, in my mind, Sydney is probably someone that's quite naive because they were raised in a wealthy family, so... Yes. They know that they can do these right things, and because they are a hero, and obviously heroes do the right thing, they have this innate sense of what to do to do the right thing. Oh, But Ooh. they're naive, so they're only fixing problems that they immediately see need fixing.
0: Yes. I was going to say, perhaps part of their story is them going home to their awfully large house with their awfully large library and studying more about nature. Yeah. And of like course, their, their parents are like, oh, why, why are you into this all of a sudden? They're like, well, I've, I've had my eyes open, father. I've had my eyes open to the possibilities of a world where both man and the earth itself can live and respect one another. Of course, that hippie bullshit in the early 19th or late 19th (laughs) century is going to sound even more hippie ish at that time. (laughs) Considering, oh, I don't know, coal powered everything. Yeah, okay. Could you imagine. Could could you imagine (gasps) them going to a coal factory and just hearing the screams of coal dying?
2: Oh, God, no, stop. Josh, what were you going to say?
0: I was going to say, that can be like the last book
1: because my science may not be right here. But what happens when you kind of compress coal?
0: It becomes. Diamonds.
1: And which is a suit <laughs> of
2: oh. cards? <laughs>
1: and Genius. what is wealth if not, I suppose in this case, literally, well, not really literally because cold doesn't bleed as far as I'm aware,
0: <laughs>
1: blood diamonds.
0: Ah, oh. and of course, that's going to be the biggest mediation of, of all because you're going to ask humans to go back on centuries of progression What, with electricity and, like, warm water and all that junk? And on the behalf of coal, which isn't really doing shit. It's Mm. just coal. Burn it, I guess. What to do? Mm. I'd burn the coal. I fucking (laughs) love technology. Without technology, we wouldn't have a thing to do.
2: Um, I was trying to envision what sort of personnel. Like, would, would they fall... If it's sediment of some sort, then surely it's part of the rock family. Therefore, represented by the rock.
1: Oh yeah.
2: So I think for the final book, you need yeah, it is different. carbon based. Yeah. Didn't you want to stick with like a wood thing for the last one?
1: Mm. I think I think I was just too hung up on the whole coal diamond thing. Yeah.
2: No, I
0: I like the idea of using coal. I do like
2: it. I just feel like it would be too easy a choice for them to, for Sydney to make. You know, like oh well, that's part that's represented by the person I'm, the collective. I'm. Oh yeah. With, so.
0: we're not mediating.
2: Yeah. Whereas or if- are
0: we? But mm. then let's raise the stakes on the human side. Can we? Can we raise the stakes of why um, Sydney would want to save or would want to use coal?
1: But then you'd still be killing coal.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, I kind of like this idea now, but I guess it's not meant to be. And that is the creative process in a nutshell. <laughs> kill, kill your darlings. Uh, kill throw your coal. coal. In the f- Oh, God.
2: No, I wanted them. I wanted Sydney to have a happy ending eventually with this this rock avatar. (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) I think eventually she would visit a quarry and then the rock avatar would burst out the walls and be like, Sydney, it's been too long. How are you doing?
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're running out of time in this episode, but I, I would very much like to come back maybe someday to. This conflict of what you said, Dean, where maybe Sydney does want to do the right thing, but also coal's kind of essential in the world that they live in.
0: Perhaps it powers like the their family's fortune. But then, like the thing is, it's very easy for Sydney just to bin off everything and live an okay life because yeah, exactly. they can just be like, like, hey, nature, hook me up. I've been your bro for all this time. Maybe during their travels, uh, Sydney does in fact, sort of slight nature itself by siding with the humans on some occasions.
2: Mm, that's why they're the mediator, not an avatar of nature.
0: Exactly. They, they've they got to make the hard calls that none of the other sides will.
2: They are compromise manifested.
0: Mm. Mm. I'm just trying to come over like a large scale like, thing. Maybe, maybe it's less to do... Okay, maybe it's less to do with burning coal and more to do with mining coal. Mm-hmm. Because... That yeah, would you're mean, literally
2: gouging it out of the planet.
0: Yeah, you're you're like especially with one of these. You've seen these f- big fuck off quarries, right? They're mm. just these massive, horrific looking slights on the earth, and you're taking out hundreds of thousands of tons of rock to to do it. So maybe the story's not so much burning the coal; it's gathering the coal. And so the humans are like, "Yes, we want to. We need this coal. It it's powering our cities. That our largest power plant is running out of power." Thanks to you, Sydney, we can no longer gather the the wood that we need to... I guess power plants can use wood. We can no longer (laughs) gather the wood to burn in these power plants. So now we have to get a source of fuel somehow. And that is coal. And here it is.
2: Okay, so maybe Sydney has been doing these things and gaining more momentum and becoming recognized in, like, sort of the world at large by both humans and nature... And they're riding on this high at this point because they're like, I'm I'm actually making a difference in the world. But actually, what Sydney has put the world on a path to is disaster because suddenly a lot of things are not available to humans because apparently it will hurt the Earth. But also, yes. the Earth is raging because now humans are resorting to more and more desperate measures. And so we've kind of forced Sydney into a corner where they need to become the mediator of a disaster yes. situation.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Yes. It's all about being forced into this situation where there is no easy answer and well, Sydney has to make the call. And I think I think we'll we'll put a full stop on that.
1: Could could you say that is all we can mine from
0: this hey. idea? Hey, I was just
2: gonna add that maybe before they make their big decision they ask they ask the the rock avatar to I'm just gonna call them the rock. They ask the rock <laughs> To come and meet with them to give them some advice again. And they can't get rid of their love for them. And that's, it never dies. I'm just very sad now.
0: You're pretty hung up on this, like, rock love story.
2: Are, are you kidding me? How many stories are there about falling in love with inanimate objects that won't come to life and refuse to come to life? It's very sad.
0: Well, I've seen a, a few stories about loving statues. And mm. I saw one explicit story about loving a statue. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, but that was two ladies. There was like a Venus one. She was actually like a, um, like an 18th century, like big blooming dress, powdered face kind of fop, and they, they got it on. It was pretty nice.
2: good. I'm gonna do some research about that for the illustration.
1: <laughs> See, Alas, poor Yorok. I'm <laughs> <you> well. Yorok. <laughs> just, just gonna put in that last bit of canon. The rock's name is Yorok.
2: Nice.
0: It is Yorok. See, I always imagined. Just a little aside. Of course. Viewers and listeners, you can imagine whatever you want for these this couple. But what about if they were a uh, a male male guy? So Sydney's like a dude, but The Rock is also a dude. I sort mean, of,
2: that's what I was envisioning from the very beginning, but I didn't want to say anything because I knew you guys would smack it down. No,
0: well. no. I was like, Let, let's gay it up. Okay, Let's have some Gay Rocks. Gay Rocks, Jade? Gay you Rocks?
2: Right. Okay. I mean, I was going to make them Gay Rocks. I just hadn't decided on their gender yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> gay Rocks. I mean, like a rock can be anything, really. So just kiss the floor and see what flavor it is today. It's a
2: very sad collective. I'm hung up on this now.
0: I mean, yeah, being a collective, they can be of many genders. All right. So, speaking of genders and many of them, thank you to you all for listening to our story about Sydney Harbour Bridge. Not the uh, Australian landmark, but a nature-based mediated superhero who goes around and uh, mediates on behalf of both man and nature in order for them to both to survive in this big old dangerous world of ours
2: to peacefully coexist peacefully coexist that's
0: even more graceful than the fucking garbage that came out of my mouth just then oh how do you, how do you guys feel about about sydney
2: exhausted that, w- that was a roller coaster of a,
1: a story
0: it was josh
1: yeah a real minecart roller coaster.
0: <laughs> you, you're loving your mind puns today. Ooh, would you yeah. say it's a rich vein?
1: Yes, thank you. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yes, yes, I would.
0: And surprise, you mentioned minecarts without bringing up sidetrack. Whoa! See, now even I'm doing it because you missed <laughs> out <on> this <laughs> blinding opportunity. Thank you all so much for listening to us garble about how maybe man is better than nature but that's okay. Um, If you can do us, mans and Jade, a favor, leave us an iTunes review because not only does it help the podcast and help us gain maybe one or two more listeners and maybe rise up on those mysterious iTunes rankings, but also, we will take your name, whatever it is, how stupid or how dumb. I mean, we literally made a superhero out of Sydney Harbour Bridge and we will turn you into a superhero too. Isn't that exciting? Also, if you don't feel up for that, you can always leave us a star. Star rating are there, also very good. Last but not least, word of mouth is always good. Tell a friend, tell a loved one, tell a stranger on the street who's holding a phone in their hands.
2: Tell a rock that you've fallen in love with and tossed back into the sea, even though you desperately love it.
0: Yeah, tell them to tell listen them. to yeah. our podcast, especially if they're into comics. Because I reckon we're onto a good one here, but that might just be my selfish way of thinking. In the meantime, hit us up on uh, Twitter. We are at BBR underscore podcast. If you have some uh, thoughts or opinions or even better ideas than we came up with about Sydney Harbour Bridge, we are always open to them. And we will gladly make them canon. Because, heck, it's all open game now. We're falling in love with a rock, have an argument with water, um, get a little bit annoyed at sand. Well, I think we've all been there. It's all fair. And we love to hear your opinions, opinions as well. Oh, and now the sun sh- shall set on this episode because all that is left for me to say is that you you have been bitten by a radioactive podcast. I am Dean, D- the nature boy, McKnight.
2: I'm Jade, simultaneously in love with the collective and also terrified of Dean saying you in that horrific way again, Sarson.
1: And I'm still here.
0: He's still hanging out. Hi, it's Josh, Josh Randall. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody.
1: You have been listening to Bitten by Radioactive Podcast. Hosted by Dean McKnight, Jade Sarson, and me, Josh Randall. It's hosted by Dean, and it's also edited by me. Hey, uh, so, don't forget you can get in contact with us on BBR underscore podcast on Twitter. And if you leave us an iTunes review, we will use your name in one of the future prompts. But hey, you know, just word of mouth and stuff. That also works. Uh, Don't forget to tune in next week for another exciting instalment, where we'll also uncover the mystery of how my voice suddenly sounds so clear and so crisp. Uh, So, you know, that'll bring you back in, I'm sure. Uh, Until then...